The following sermon is by Stephen Tillis, pastor of Emanuel Baptist Church in Raleigh, North Carolina. Please visit us at 2100 Noble Road in Raleigh or on the web at ebcraleigh.com. And now, here's Pastor Steve. Brothers and sisters, uh, we can take our Bibles this morning and be finding your place in Acts chapter number 29. While you're turning there, Acts 29, I just want to uh, take a minute and say uh, a few thank yous, a couple of things. Um, Brothers and sisters, would it be all right? I, I don't think this is a bad thing. She wouldn't want any glory to herself, be to the Lord. But can we give a round of applause for Miss Louise leading our children this morning in worship? Nice. Hey. Uh, I thought that was just wonderful. And I uh, just love to see our, our, our children learning to love Jesus through, through music and singing together. And I know that that is a, a lot of work. And so, uh, Miss Louise, we appreciate that very much. And then, uh, did y'all enjoy the choir today? Man, did they, uh, they did a great job. I, I offered Jamie my talents to, to sing, and uh, he said that they were good. And after listening to them, I think they're much better than had I sung with them. But uh, brothers and sisters, I, I want to just kind of bring a couple of things to your attention, and then we'll look at the scripture uh, for today. And that is, uh, I want to encourage all of you to come this Wednesday night. This Wednesday night, uh, if you enjoyed the choir, I talked with Jamie, we were in staff meeting a couple of weeks ago, and we decided that it would be a good thing since this upcoming Sunday, have our Easter musical, and, the, and there are lots of singing, lots of moving parts to that. So this, this coming Wednesday night, uh, the choir is going to actually be practicing from 6.30 to 8.30 instead of from 7.30 to 8.30. And so uh, if you're a part of choir or if you enjoy singing and want to be a part of that, uh, at 6.30 in the choir room, uh, choir will be working for a couple of hours on next Sunday's music. So we'll say, what, is the rest of, what, are, what are the rest of us going to do? And so for our youth and hopefully maybe, um, I haven't spoken to our children's teachers yet, but maybe even our, our Wednesday night children uh, group, and all of the adults that are left that are not in choir, we're going to meet in the fellowship hall, brothers and sisters, and uh, we're going to, uh, I'll have a little sheet of paper for each of you, kind of a uh, organized um, uh, group of prayers for prayer walking. And what I thought we would do is with our children, with our youth, and with the adults that are not in choir, we'll gather in the fellowship hall, we'll pray together, and then we'll go out in uh, little groups together into our community. We've already looked at the weather. Looks like it's going to be a little bit warmer and doesn't look like it's going to rain. So I'll check that after the service, and it'll be about 40 degrees with snow. So, uh, But hopefully, if everything's okay, I'd like for us all to meet in the fellowship hall at 630. We'll divide into some groups. You'll have uh, just uh, maybe a small half sheet of paper with some prayers, some verses on it. And what I thought would be helpful for us is just to break up into our neighborhood. Uh, we can walk around as, as families. We walk through the, uh, through the uh, streets. We can go to a, a local park. But just to kind of pray over our community and just pray that the Lord would use um, the signs that have been out. Our deacons and Sunday school classes uh, past couple of weekends have been handing out uh, invitations. Many of you have been handing out invitations. We do a, a lot of work. And so, you know, we, we recognize that all is to the glory of God. He can do whatever he wants to do. And so I thought it'd be just a good night for us to go out into our neighborhood, enjoy a stroll, and just silently maybe pray for our community, pray for God to save people, pray for all that will take place for the Good Friday service, for the Easter egg hunt, for our Easter Sunday service here. And so I want to invite all of you. Now listen, let me, let me go ahead and knock some of the 
these uh, wooden pegs that are there out for you, all right? The sun will not go down to at least 8, 8.15, so you don't have to get home before it's dark, all right? I promise you, listen, uh, March Madness does not start again till is it Thursday night? Or is it next, when's, when's the final four? Saturday, look at that. You don't even have any basketball to watch. The NBA is not even worth watching. NFL's not on anymore. You don't have to get home before it's dark. Some of you I used to use an excuse. I got to get home before it's dark. I can't see. Listen, it won't get dark till 8 o'clock, 8.15. Why don't you stay? Some of you say, well, I've got to work. Listen, you can come. You don't have to. Uh, we'd love for you to join us for dinner, 5.15 to 6.20. And like I always say, our people here work hard. That 5.15 to 6.20. 620, I mean, right at 620, they will greet you with a smile and love and kindness. They'll give you a meal. And even if it's 621 and you come in and you've been working hard, they will have a sweet attitude because they love you and they want you to be here. Maybe you say, I work on Wednesday evening serving somewhere. Listen, this is an evening. You can just relax, come serve, and you say, I'm not good at walking, all right? My knees hurt, my back hurts, my head hurts, whatever it is that hurts. If you're not able to walk with us in the community, we're going to turn the lights on. Jamie, are you practicing in here? We will turn the lights on in the fellowship hall with tables and chairs. And you can sit together and pray for 30, 45 minutes and, and, and then slip on home. Hey, listen, we don't, we don't try not to tax our church body too much throughout the year. But wouldn't you say that it's important for us to pray for unity and pray for unbelievers, pray for our church? So why don't you come this Wednesday night? Uh, you, and, and another blessing, you don't even have to listen to me speak on Wednesday night, all right? You can just come and pray together. Walk with brothers and sisters. And you say, well, listen, I, I get home. Kids got to get bed on time. And I, I know that. I know that. And that's why I don't, that's why I, I never beat you over the head. That's why I don't, you know, pull teeth every single week. But uh, this, this would be a good, this would be a good Wednesday night just to join us. And so, man, I got to drag them there and drag them back. Yeah, but it'd be good for them. It'd be good for them. Right? 20 years from now, your children won't care about what you, if you watch Jeopardy and got all the answers right or not. But they will care whether you showed them faithfulness to God's people and to the unbelievers in our community. Amen? So I want to invite you to, to be a part of that. And then um, it's a good thing that my text today is only a couple of verses long. But you have found your place in Acts 29. Acts chapter number 29. One more thing I'll say. Let me just make mention here uh, to you of this uh, bulletin. And, uh, you know, the wonderful thing is every single human being in our church that's a member of our church, every la I think this past week, every last one came up right to me and said, you know what, I just want to thank you and I want to thank the staff for the incredible amount of research and time and prayer and grace that's been put into these new bulletins. Thank you. Thank you for working hard. So I, what I want to do is just I want to make, uh, make a couple of things known to you that how we do this. So it kind of does fold there in the middle. There's a tearaway form right here. Let's see if mine tears Look at that. Tears away. All this interesting information on here. You can see the staff. You can see the calendar, what's coming up. You can connect with us here at the bottom. Of course, you can put, uh, if, you're well, if you're a visitor here today, we welcome you here. And um, 
And then you put your information here for Wednesday night dinner. And by the way, the Wednesday night dinners are great. You want to sign up, be a part of that if you can. And then look at that. That's just uh, the, the way that fits right there can be just like a, a bookmark right there in your, in your Bible. On the front, you'll see that today we're in Acts chapter number 29. And then there's this blank area here for you to uh, put notes. And then the deacon of the week is a notice here. The deacon of the week is at the bottom. And that is Jim Chambers. And so if you have any complaints this week at all, or if you need money, go to Jim Chambers. He's got, no, I'm just messing with you. Jim's looking at me. Am I, on, am I not on? Am I in trouble? I'm not, brother, are you coming? There is no Acts 29. There's no Acts 29? There's no, wait a minute. There's no Acts 29? Okay, listen, we'll fix that in a minute. Let me show you this. So now look here, see here at the top for the latest news and events and sermon podcasts. I don't know who would want to listen to that, especially if there's no Acts 29. And more, uh, visit us here. you got our uh, web address there. I have, uh, this is chicken scratch off on mine. Uh, people always tell me things to say that aren't there. But now notice here in the, uh, the announcement section, let me just make a, a couple of clarifications. So what we've decided to do is for a long time, we had just tons and tons and tons of announcements, and we found that a ton of our visitors uh, on the feedback, they would say, man, it just, it's really uh, jarbled up. There's just too much stuff there. And uh, is, what's the church focused on? What, what are some things, what are just a few things that are right at the heart of the church. So from week to week, you'll see uh, that there's usually here church-wide things that we're involved in and where we're really putting our focus concerning evangelism and discipleship and missions. So you'll find that, and there'll, there'll be different ones there. Uh, and of course, sometimes if it's a, a church-wide event, something like the uh, Sellers Baby Shower, and if you've forgotten about the Sellers Baby Shower, by all means, run out today and get them tons of gifts, all right? You're welcome. You're welcome, sister. That's good. Plugged it in there. Uh, and you'll see that. And then down here at the bottom is our giving information. want to draw attention to you there. You can also give online. And you say, well, what about like the youth and the children and our senior activities? Where are all that? So let me give you a few places where you can find that. First of all, there are bulletin boards around the uh, church uh, facilities here where you can have access to all of that information. Secondly, if you do have a computer or a phone, if, now notice I said if, you don't have to have one. If you don't even have a computer or a phone, you don't need one. We're not knocking you. In fact, sometimes I feel like chunking mine out the window. But if you, and by the way, while I'm talking, please find your place in Acts 29. Now, listen, if you uh, do have a computer or a phone, uh, then you can simply uh, ask Jamie or Krista or myself, and you can sign up for a midweek email. And in that email has all of the information for every facet of our church right at your fingertips. So it's on a bulletin board. It's in an email instantly. And if that was not enough, we also put all of that information in each Sunday school folder. So your teacher has access to give you that every week. And if that wasn't enough... We also have a sheet out on the welcome desk that gives you a month at a glance to see any activities, whether that be seniors or youth or children or whatever it might be. So brothers and sisters, the information is all around. These bulletins are specifically designed uh, to make those who visit our church feel welcome to see what it is that we focus on when it comes to evangelism and discipleship and missions and that sort of thing, and, uh, and to help us out just a little bit. All right, now that's a lot of information. Let's get to the sermon today. Acts chapter number 29. Brother, did you want to come back up here and tell me again? Okay. 
Well, your pastor, uh, your pastor did, uh, he, he, he did not lose his marbles, okay? I know that there's no Acts 29. What I'd like for you to do is find yourself in Acts chapter number 28, verse 30 and verse number 31. We find ourselves at the end of a series in which we started where we walked through the book of Acts and didn't cover every last place, but we saw the spread of the gospel to uh, Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. And you remember I told you in the beginning when we covered chapter 1 that when Jesus said to the uttermost parts of the earth, what he really meant at that time was the Rome because at that time Rome was the end of the world. And not only was Rome the end of the world, Rome was the spread to the rest of the world. And so what Jesus was saying is, I want you to take the gospel and I want you to tell everybody in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and I want you to get the gospel all the way to Rome. And when we find ourselves in Acts chapter number 28, we have this long story of the apostle Paul. He goes through all of these shipwrecks and all of these problems, but he makes himself all the way. God carries him to Rome and at the very end of the book of Acts, there is the apostle Paul in Rome giving the gospel both to Jews and to Gentiles. And what we are left with is this, that God accomplishes His purposes and we find ourselves and the story ends kind of abruptly. What happens to Paul? Where does he go? Does he get out of prison? Does all of Rome get the gospel? What happens to the rest of the story? Where is Acts 29? Well, brothers and sisters, I would tell you that we're living out Acts 29 right now. And we did this last week as well. God writes this book for us, the book of Acts, and it is the spread of the gospel through the church and His people around the world. How did you do with that this last week? Did you partake in Acts chapter number 29? Did you take the mission of God just like the Apostle Paul and share the good news with those that were around? Read these last two verses with me if you would, and then we'll just notice a few things from the text. Look at what it says, Acts chapter number 28, verse number 30. And he, that is the Apostle Paul, and he stayed two full years in his own rented quarters and was welcoming all who came to him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching concerning the Lord Jesus Christ with all openness or boldness, unhindered. Would you join me in a word of prayer? Our Father, I pray that in this next few moments of time that you would help me to speak clearly and concisely, faithful to your word. I pray for my brothers and sisters that are sitting in these pews that you would do a work in all of our lives. Lord, a reviving work whereby we embrace the gospel and the Lord Jesus Christ and our mission in this world. Lord, I pray for unbelievers that are sitting in here that maybe they have a religious background, maybe they don't, but that they would hear the word of the living God about Jesus Christ and Him crucified and raised again on the third day and that they would put their faith and confidence in Christ alone today. I pray, Lord, that You would help us in these simple points to be helped by Your Spirit. We release all of this to You, for it is in the name of Jesus we do pray. Amen. This week as I was thinking about Acts 29 and living that out in our life, I began to think about this question and I just want to give it to you and see where you are on this. And that is that uh, if we think about this, that uh, is there any purpose in your life that satisfies the greatest needs that you have 
that can be accomplished in your everyday, ordinary life. Let me say that again for you. Is there any purpose in your life that you're living for that is so wonderful, so marvelous, so grand, that it satisfies, that it seeps down into the soil of your heart, that it satisfies everything that is on the inside that you can yet accomplish in your ordinary life? You know, I say that because when we approach this text, some of us in here might say, well, I'm not the Apostle Paul, and I've not been shipwrecked, and I've not been beaten, and I've not been on these journeys, and I've not gone here and there. I've not traveled the seven seas. And what I'm saying to you is that right in your own personal life, whether you're in school or at your work or with your family or with your friends, in the ordinary life that you're living, is there any purpose that you're living for that can satisfy the deepest needs of your soul? Let me point out three things to you from this text today that I think get at it. Here it is. Here's the first one. God is accomplishing His eternal plan. And here's the question. Are you involved? God is accomplishing His eternal plan. Are you involved in what God is doing in the world. Brothers and sisters, I was reading this past week all of these, uh, all of these commentaries and, and all of these devotional readings, and they're all talking about the Apostle Paul. And I want to say the proverbial, hello McFly, this text is not about the Apostle Paul. It is about the accomplishment of what God is doing in the world. I, I would read in the, the, all these pontificators, well, the Apostle Paul got out of prison, and then he went to Italy, and then he got put back into prison. And this is when this was written, and what happens here, and what happens there? Everybody's worried about the Apostle Paul at the end of the book of Acts. But I want all of us today to understand that it is not a cliffhanger. God accomplishes His eternal purposes in all of the world. Amen? That is exactly what happens at the end of the book. You remember we talked in uh, Acts chapter number 1, verse number 4. What did it say? That Jesus began preaching to them the kingdom of God. And then he says in verse number 8, and you'll receive power after that the Spirit of God has come upon you. And you'll be witnesses to me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. And what do we find at the very end of the book? Exactly where it began. Jesus was proclaiming the kingdom. Jesus said the gospel will go to the ends of the world. And as you read the book, the gospel of the kingdom of God was proclaimed. And at the end of the book, Paul is at the ends of the earth accomplishing the will of God. So I just want to say to you today, God is accomplishing His eternal purposes in this world. Let me talk to you just for a few minutes. I don't even know. I think that clock's a little off. So I, I think I have about three hours to speak this morning. So let me, just, no, let me just say this quickly. There's a theological lesson in here. And don't, don't glaze over, right? I want you to stay with me. I want you to leave here today not thinking. I don't want you to think that God somehow is in heaven with His hands ringing. Oh, I hope that my plan will work. I hope that things will work out. 
We're just one step away from failure. If it will only work, what I want you to understand is that God is in heaven realizing in His sovereignty, in His power, in His control that exactly what He wants done in this world is being done. And the question is not whether God is going to do it. The question is whether you're going to be involved in what He's doing. Because He will save people. He will build His church. He will glorify His name. He will spread the gospel. The issue is not whether God is going to do it, but whether you're going to be involved with what He's doing. Now what I want to ask you this morning is in this room and in your life in the last seven days, what has been important to you? Being involved in what God is doing in our church or some sort of trivial, preferenced frustrations? Are you waking up every day saying, God is going to accomplish, God is doing, God is working, God is saving, God is, as Henry Blackaby would say, find out where God is working and join Him there? Is that not exactly what I'm saying? Only He said it much better than me. God is at work in this church and in our community. He is saving people in the world. Are you involved in what God is doing or are you so consumed with your own self? Are you a passenger? Are you a bystander? Are you watching and critical, looking for all of these other things? Or have you jumped into the middle of the game and said, I want to work with Jesus. He is accomplishing His work, and I want to be involved in it. I don't want to be left behind. I don't want to sit to the side. I don't want to watch other people work and see God's glory and people come to Christ. I don't want to just be a complainer. I want to be a doer of the will of God. I want the power of God to work through me and help me in the way that I raise my family, in the way that I I deal with my friends and the way that I go to work and the life that I live in the church that I serve. God is accomplishing His will. Are you involved? I just want you to pause with me for a moment and think about that. In the last seven days, where did you get involved with what God is doing in the world? Is that a fair question? I feel like I have to ask my own self that question. In the last seven, I don't care whether you're 15, 30, or 90. In the last seven days, where did you just jump in somewhere and say, I want to be involved in what God is doing? I read, uh, read the story this last week about in the days of stagecoaches, this dude went up to the, uh, went up to the counter and uh, he was going to pay for a ticket and he saw that there was first class and there was second class and uh, there was third class tickets and there was, uh, there was uh, you know, uh, uh, no price difference and so he, he looked on it and didn't, didn't see any seat difference so he just uh, bought a third class ticket and he got on, he got on there and uh, going down the way and they come all the way, stagecoach comes to a hill and the, uh, the guy that's running it, he says, all right, first class passengers, stay seated. Second class passengers, you have to get out and walk. Third class passengers, you have to push. <laughs> he probably would have rethought which ticket he bought, right? I want to say to you that in God's kingdom and in God's economy and in our church, there are no first class tickets. And furthermore, there are no second class tickets. There's only third class tickets. 
And so if you haven't bought a third class ticket into the body of Christ here, whereby you, you said, you know what, I'm going to turn over and do something for God's glory in my church for His kingdom and the good of the people, you're not on board with what we're doing. If you're the kind of person that does more complaining than working for Jesus, you're not on board. One of my brothers uh, on the deacon board said to me yesterday, they said, man, look at all these folks who come here from the visually impaired community taking pitchforks and, and spreading mulch all over the place. And I thought in the back of my mind, brothers and sisters, some of those folks aren't even members of our church. And you say, well, I don't have time for that, but do you have time for something? Do you have time for this Wednesday night in your schedule? Can you come and pray? And maybe hand out a card to somebody in the neighborhood about Easter weekend. What about Good Friday? Can you come and pray and serve and worship? What about Easter Sunday, uh, the egg hunt on Saturday? Could you come and help out and work with that? What about Sunday? Could you bring a visitor? I'm just saying somewhere in the life of your own heart, is there a place whereby you're not a first class, uh, class uh, uh, passenger, you're not second class, but you're the kind of third class that we get out and we all push the stagecoach up the hill together. Are you pulling in the same direction as the people in your church God is accomplishing his purposes are you involved hey I say this and move to the next point when I lay my head on my pillow every night even on the most anxious of nights I remind myself of this truth of the scripture that God is accomplishing His eternal purposes in this world. And my job isn't to make it happen. My job isn't to build something. My job is simply to find where He is getting, where He is working, and to get involved. Are you involved? Hey, man, let me, let me push this just a little bit farther, make you uncomfortable. I'll move to the next point. I don't know. I have to do some research. I wonder if Lifeway has it. I'm sure they do. If I, was to break, if I were to break up your life right now in a week, maybe hours, would you say that you have five hours in your week that you would maybe put in the category of religious? I'm not even talking about here at the church. I'm saying uh, reading, praying, uh, sharing the gospel, going to church, singing, whatever it may be, just something. Would you say that you have five? What about if you had four hours? If you had just four hours in the course of a week to give to the purposes of Christ in the world, what would you do with four hours? Well, I mean, man, I mean, just quickly, an hour and a half of them or two hours could be burned up on Sunday morning and come to a Bible study and come to worship service together. But you know, you could get your bang for your buck within two of those hours. You can do a lot while you're here on Sunday. Let me just say to you, if you're not in one of our Sunday school classes, you need to be. See, this is broadcast discipleship on a large level, but we all need discipleship on a smaller level where we have that interaction, where we're building those relationships, where we're studying, asking questions, and, and, and getting out together. I just want to say to you, are, are you involved somewhere? And if you were to give two hours on a Sunday morning, are you involved in a Sunday school class? Do you serve in the nursery or in security or as an usher or as a greeter? Do you have, you could do something in that block. Do you serve somewhere in there? And what about if you had two more hours, just somewhere in the week, what, what would you do with it? Would you come on Wednesday evening? Maybe Wednesday evenings are busy for you. What are you going to do with those other two hours? 
Maybe the question is this, to ask yourself, not to put pressure on you, not to beat you up. I realize we live in the kind of world and a society that is go all the time. We work jobs. We have uh, other responsibilities. I get that. So just take the steam out of Pastor Steve. I'm not beating you up. I'm just asking you to think, do you have four hours in a week to work with? Do you have three? Three hours somewhere in your week. I just want you to analyze and think in your own life. If God is accomplishing His eternal purposes in this world, and you just have three hours in a week to work at it, where are you getting involved in what God is doing? That's worth thinking about. Let me give you a second point. We'll move quickly. From this text, I think that we want to say something like this. God's kingdom is available through Jesus. So here's the question. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? God's kingdom is available through Jesus. So what are you talking about? When you look back at the text, you would notice, uh, we don't have time today, but from verse number 23 all the way to verse number 31, the Apostle Paul uses no less than three to four major terms here for the preaching and the teaching of the word of the living God. What is on his heart? You say, what is on his heart? What is on his lips? He is talking about Jesus all the time. Look back at what it says. And he stayed two full years in his own rented quarters and was welcoming all who came to him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching teaching concerning the Lord Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, from verse number 30, do you see what you see about the Apostle Paul? He's living in his own rented quarters. That doesn't mean that he was in some penthouse somewhere. What it means is that he was under house arrest and he was working an everyday job, probably making tents because that's what he did. He was working to pay rent, to live an ordinary life, and he was welcoming all that came to him. He was chained to a centurion guard. There were people around him all the time. And rather than being on some grand adventure, he served God right where he was. One of my heroes, Jim Elliott, once said, wherever you are, be all there. Wherever you are, be all there. You don't have to be on some adventure somewhere in your everyday, workaday life. What are you talking about? Are you talking about Christ's kingdom and the glory of Jesus and His saving power in people's lives? Or are you walking around mopey saying Florida State should have won last night? That should have been a place where y'all kind of pick on me a little bit. Maybe y'all stopped watching when Carolina lost. I don't know. There's, there, are some, there are some lost people in here who are Duke fans. And so, no, I'm just messing with you, Jamie. I give Jamie a hard time over here. No, we do have one Duke fan in this place, but uh, no, I'm just messing with you. Hey. I don't mind talking about sports. I don't mind talking about basketball. I love that kind of stuff. I talk about work, talk about sports, talk about friendships, talk about all kind of movie, whatever it is you want to talk about. But in your life every day, do you find yourself talking more about all of those other things or do you talk about Jesus? Do you talk about Jesus in your friendships and relationships? Do you talk about Jesus to unbelievers? Do you think about Christ and talk about Christ? 
His kingdom has been made available for anybody in the world who will come through Jesus Christ. Let me pause here for a moment and just say to you, we believe in this church according to God's holy word that Jesus Christ is God's only son, that he came into this world born of a virgin, that he lived a sinless life, that he died on a cross and took into himself all of the sins of those who would believe on him. He died and went to the grave and three days later on the morning of the third day, so next Sunday we'll celebrate and every Sunday up from the grave he arose Jesus is alive and well and for any human being who will come to the truth that they are not their own God and put their faith and confidence in Christ alone they can have eternal life that is what we believe not based upon our own hearts but upon God's word and the trueness of Christ's life we believe that Jesus is the answer do you talk about him in your life This uh, millionaire grocer. I don't even know why you need a story about a millionaire telling you what to do. But sometimes I, this guy read this story about this fella owns all this grocery chain, all these millions of dollars. And you know what he said? He said that I want everybody in the world to understand, every believer in the world to understand that God has not placed a special call upon pastors to spread the gospel and to leave the rest of us uncalled. Is there a calling upon my life to shepherd and pastor this church? Yeah, absolutely. But is there somehow a calling upon our life as a staff to build a church and share the gospel and the rest of us in this congregation are left uncalled? No. What I want you to understand is God has called you as a believer as you go to share the truth of Jesus. And if we're not doing that, we're not faithful to what God has called us to do. There's a thousand ways to work that out. I'm not the kind of person that beats you over the head. You can work that out in the way that God, but I want that to sit on you. God has called you for the purpose of bringing unbelievers to faith. And so whatever, the Great Commission is simply that. And we're to go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature baptizing them and teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Christ is with us. The Spirit is in us. The gift and the calling is upon our life to be faithful, to share with people. God's kingdom is available through Jesus. What are you talking about? Let me give you one last point. We'll close for today. Look at where the book ends. God's word is unhindered. Are you living boldly? That's the question. Are you living boldly? Look what it says in verse number 31. Preaching the kingdom of God and teaching concerning the Lord Jesus Christ. That's a parallelism. And so what he's saying here is that the kingdom of God is tantamount to Jesus Christ. He is the entry point into God's kingdom and rule. Preaching the kingdom of God and teaching concerning the Lord Jesus Christ with all openness or boldness. And then what's it say there? Unhindered. What do you mean unhindered? You're tied to a centurion guard. You're in Rome. You're in prison. I've dropped you down through a floor. I've, I've actually been to uh, Caesarea Philippi and uh, similar prison cells and where they drop this, uh, the, these people into these maybe, maybe three by three holes about 20 feet into the ground. And Paul says, it's unhindered. 
Look throughout the rest of the book. The book ends exactly where it begins and exactly where it takes you all the way through. Isn't that what they did in the upper room, that they had boldness? Isn't that what they did when they were praying and Peter gets out of prison and he knocks on the door, he says, it's me. It says that they were praying together and praying for boldness. And the more they prayed for the boldness, the more the Word of God spread throughout the entire region. God's Word is unhindered. It is the power Are you living a bold life? Are you living a life to just satisfy and meet the bills and take care of yourself? Or are you living for something that's larger than you that that can be lived out in your ordinary life? I know you're scared to death to talk with people. But the Bible is unhindered. So you should live in boldness. Boldness in myself? No, boldness in Christ. Boldness in my skill set and what I can accomplish. Boldness in Jesus. If you ever start to take stock in your own ability, watch out. The Bible says, take heed for that one that stands lest he fall. It's not a matter of how great you are. Our boldness comes from Jesus Christ alone. Amen? Boldness. (laughs) The Word of God and the Spirit give us boldness. The British Empire was attacking the French. Seems like the French always get attacked. I don't know what it is. British Empire's attacking the French and they had bought an entire sleuth of swords from a shyster. And they ramble on running as hard as they can at the French, and they're going to go to battle. This is in the days when men used swords to fight, and they're running into battle, the entire British Empire, all of these men with swords in their hand that they had bought from somebody they didn't know, and when they got into battle, they swung their swords, and the steel was made out of inferior steel, and they broke and bent, and thousands lost their lives. And I'm just wondering if there aren't some people in here today and you're running out here into life and you're going as boldly as you can. You're trying to charge hell with a water pistol. And when you get there, rather than being founded and grounded and your boldness being in the Word of God and the living Lord Jesus, your boldness is on you. And when you run against an enemy, you'll find that when you trust that, You have trusted a shyster. If you lean upon yourself for strength, you will fold and break. When you lean upon God's Word and the Lord Jesus Christ, you can stand boldly in any fight at any time. Would you bow your heads with me and close your eyes for a moment? Amen. What kind of purpose are you serving today? Are you living for Christ and His great kingdom and are you carrying that out in your everyday life? Brothers and sisters, you don't have to sail the seven seas. You don't have to have great adventures. You simply have to wake up tomorrow and live for Him. Get involved. Talk about Jesus and live a bold life for Christ. I say that to you again. Would you, would you just put that in your own heart? Why don't you get involved? Why don't you talk about Jesus?
and live boldly. You've been listening to Stephen Tillis, pastor of Emmanuel Baptist Church in Raleigh. For more information and free access to other messages, please visit us at ebcraleigh.com.